Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I am so excited that you are here today because we have a success story episode for you. I am interviewing Samantha Oliveres on how she started and grew her podcast management business. You are going to love this episode because Samantha shares exactly how she grew her business. And I know it's so helpful just to see behind the scenes of another example of how this was done successfully. And so she gives you all of the interesting and mundane details of what it's been like for her to grow her business. We talk about how her podcast management business has afforded her the ability to travel with her husband and just give her the day-to-day flexibility that she was looking for. Before I give any other details away, let's just get to it and go talk to Samantha. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Samantha, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Lauren, for having me. It is so great that you're here and we're going to be diving into your story of how you became a podcast manager. But what I would love to hear first is just a little bit about yourself. Can you tell us who you are, um, where you live, just some some of those basics? Sure, absolutely. So my name is Samantha Oliveras. I currently live in Mexico with my wonderful husband, Eric, and my cute French bulldog, Romeo. We moved here right before the pandemic started. And of course, I'm the CEO and founder of SNE Podcast Management. Awesome. So how did you first get started working online as a freelancer? Sure. So my journey began back in 2018. I was working my traditional corporate America job, but something was missing and I knew that life wasn't for me. Something needed to change. And so one of my core values is freedom and flexibility. And so I wanted a job that allowed me to work from other parts of the world. And at the same time, I wanted to do something that I really enjoyed. So I started looking into remote job opportunities. And that's how I came across 90 Day VA. I enrolled in that course. And when I finished it, the very first client that I landed had a podcast. So I was doing a a lot of um, podcast related tasks for him. And after a few months, I realized that if I, because I wanted to make more money. So I realized that if I wanted to make more money, I needed to up my game. So I started looking into opportunities again. And one night I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a comment from one of your students. Uh, she was recommending your program. So I signed up for the masterclass and it was like a no brainer for me. Like I knew that was my next step. Like I knew that's what I needed to do. And uh, so I decided to invest in the program and the rest is history. Love it. And I love it when my students can be my the best marketers for me. That, <laughs> that makes <laughs> things so easy and it makes it's easy for all of us to connect to each other, right? Absolutely. Where were you? You said you wanted to live all over. You live wherever. Where were you living when that was going on? 
I was living in Chicago. Okay. Yes. I was living in Chicago. And two years uh, before that, my husband and I traveled to uh, Bali, Indonesia. We loved it. I was like, well, I would, because I saw a bunch of people working, you know, from co-working spaces and they were making money and I was just on vacation. And I'm like, I want to do this. Like, I want to be able to do whatever I want, have, again, the flexibility and still earn some good money, you know? Mm. So I thought, okay, I, something needs to change. I have to make this work. Yeah. And then you did. (laughs) I did. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So one of the things that you said of it was a no-brainer to go into podcast management, did you have any sort of fears or hesitations when you first made that decision to pivot? Well, you know what? I consider myself an overthinker because I literally, I overthink everything. But once I make a decision, like I go all in. So because I had been working with this other client, I knew I needed that It's just that I didn't know where to find it. Like I didn't even know it existed until I saw that comment. And that's why I was like, I I need to do this if I really want to, you know, have the life that I want to have. Yeah. Now you had this thought that like you had to niche down, you had to have like an expertise to grow your business. Do you feel like now that you're on the other side of that and you do have this expertise, do you feel like that was true? that you needed to have an expertise, you needed to niche down to really grow your business? Oh, definitely. I think the more you um, differentiate from others, it just makes you more special and people pay for special. <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah, no, that is, that's so true. And if you're sitting here listening and thinking like, oh, but there's nothing special about me. It's not like you have to have some crazy special quality about yourself. It's everything together that makes it special, right? It's all those details of you and your business and your services that make it special. Yes, absolutely. And one thing I realized is that I knew a lot more than what I thought I knew, (laughs) you know, and that I was able to help my clients with whatever, like whatever it was, you know, the little or the a lot that I knew about the business, because people don't know how to edit, people don't know how to write show notes, like those things now are so easy for me. But for other people, it's like, I don't even have time for this. I'm willing to pay for someone to do this. 100%. Now, how is it that you knew all of this? Like, was it after you took the course? Or was it? Or was it from working with that, that first client? Well, I think it was it was a process, to be honest. Um, I always talk with my husband that before I started this business, I didn't know, like I didn't feel capable of doing things. But now looking back, I realize that I've discovered so many talents, like hidden talents that I, you know, that now I know that I have. So I think, again, I think it's just uh, a matter of time and a matter of trusting in what you do and I mean, being in a community like yours, you know, the Facebook group makes you realize that we're in, obviously we're in different stages of our own process, Mm -hmm. but having that support helps you get as far as you want to get. For sure. And I love what you said there that like you realize you have these hidden talents because I I think that like sometimes when we put ourselves out a little bit outside of our comfort zone or majorly outside of our comfort zone, we show up in ways that we didn't expect because we have these hidden talents that we've never had to exercise. Absolutely. I agree. 
And then another thing that you said was now you're able to look back and basically see like, oh, wow, I did it. Like I did all of this. And so I find that like really reflecting on that can help a lot because you still, well, I mean, I guess I should ask, like, do you still have moments where you feel like you don't know enough or you're not qualified or or what have you? Yes. Um, there's times that I think, well, I wish I knew more um, or I doubt myself or I second guess myself. But I mean, there's good and bad days, you know, like in everything you do and just reminding myself that sometimes I think I fail, but there's no such things as failures and it's more learning experiences that helps me a lot. I always, <laughs> I always joke that I brainwash myself because that that's what works for me. You know, I tell myself, okay, you, you made a mistake. That's it. Just leave that behind, learn from that. And you got this, you can do it. Right. I feel like that too, like with the reframing your thoughts can feel like you're brainwashing yourself, but really you can think both things. So why not think that it's a learning experience? You just view, you change your viewpoint. But yeah, I feel like that sometimes do that. I'm like forcing myself to think this way, but it's good for us. I mean, we're in control of our thoughts. So why not take them to positive places? Yes. I think it's all about your decisions. You choose what to think about yourself. And that is that is powerful. Like that changes the whole game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I want to dive into kind of what your business looks like now. But one last thing about kind of where you started, what were you doing in corporate America? I was a uh, customer care manager. Okay. It was a really good job. I enjoyed it. But again, it didn't align with my values. So I decided to go for something else. Yeah. So you had some experience with like customer service and, and, you know, helping people and stuff, but you didn't have any like formal training on audio or? No, not at all. Yeah. I just like to confirm that because I, you know, I have this percentage. I'm like, like 99% of my students don't have any formal education. So I'm like, okay, just verifying, (laughs) letting the people know. (laughs) No, I was very, very unfamiliar to audio editing and Mm -hmm. like writing. Yes, I was writing emails on a daily basis, but it wasn't like for a show, you know? that's a different skill set that you need to learn. I didn't know how to make a proposal. I didn't know how to have a discovery call. Like those things were very unfamiliar to me, but luckily I found you. (laughs) Yeah. Now, what does your business look like now? Maybe can you explain to us, like you had this first client that was a male that you had before you really niched down in podcast management. Who is that next client that you landed? So that next client was a referral from that client. Mm. Yes, we're still working together. She, yeah, she was my first client. And after that, I started, I got more confident, honestly, after I landed that client, like that was my first official podcast client. So I got very, very confident after that. And I said, okay, I've got this. I need to get more clients, you know? Yeah. So I started posting on Facebook, interacting with people in social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And once I started landing more clients, I started getting more referrals. Things got a lot easier for me because I was able to set up a process, get a website and, you know, everything just started rolling naturally. Yes. That's such a good point to make is that you didn't have everything perfected before you started. No, in fact, the first client that I, this first client that I landed, she, she's a woman. Now I work with females. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a website. I only had a very, very simple 
portfolio that I created in Canva. And I thought, oh my gosh, this looks so dumb. Like she's not gonna, like she's not gonna hire me, you know, because I didn't feel confident enough. But then once I saw that, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got this. I'm just gonna go ahead and try to make things better. And yeah, everything, everything evolved very naturally. Right. And it's harder for some people. Some people are good with just kind of going with the flow, but some people love to have systems in place. And I think having some systems in place is great from the start, but those systems will probably evolve and you'll add stuff on as you get more confident and as you just get some more experience. Absolutely. So then how many clients are you working with now? Right now I have six clients. Mm. And how often do you work or how much do you work a week? So as far as hours, I would say 20 to 25 hours per week. It really depends because some clients do bi-weekly episodes and some clients do weekly episodes. So it varies from week to week. Gotcha. Okay. So you're still you're still basically working part-time and part-time hours and you're able to do other things. Yes, absolutely. I love it because it gives me the flexibility to work on personal things, do things around the house, have a social life, travel. It's really amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now, what services are you offering for the most part? So podcast launch and management and video editing. Mm, Okay, so video editing. Is that like one client or is that something that you're, do you offer that to a lot of your clients? I offer that uh, on my website. Not all of my clients do uh, video podcasts, but some of them do. And we upload those to YouTube. We work on SEO, tagging, uh, thumbnails, full service, uh, YouTube. Gotcha. That's awesome. Is it just you on your team? No, I work with an audio um, editor and also with a show notes writer. Oh, nice. So then are they doing all the editing and all the show notes and you're kind of managing those pieces? Yes, they do those two pieces and then I handle the rest. Oh, nice. So what do you like about that position? What do you like about having them on your team? Because I know there's a lot of people listening that that's their goal is to have an editor and a show notes writer, perhaps, or like a graphic designer. But they're right before that point. So what do you like about now being in that position? Well, it gives me more time to get leads, you know, to work on marketing the business, to work on social media, because I do my social media. I don't have a social media manager, which I would love to have in the future. Um, (laughs) And I have time to really focus on the future of the business. So that's, that's huge to have help. Yeah, that's so true. Just having that space to focus on the growth, because when you're doing all the tasks, which we're all different on how quickly we want to outsource, how if we want to outsource, like everybody is different. So you really can make it work in many different ways. But if you can have some of that free space in your mind to think about your business so you can grow your business and not just be like constantly doing, then it does a lot, right? Yes, absolutely. And it wasn't easy at the beginning because, you know, handing off that part of your business to someone else is just like, oh, my clients are my babies. You know, it's it's yes. hard, but you have to do it. I mean, I want to hire more people. I just, I'm not there yet. Mm. But I know I will be there. It's just that, yeah, it it makes a huge difference. Yeah. 
Now, when you hired these two people, was it pretty much of a smooth transition or was there a period of time where it was you giving them feedback and them, you know, learning the ropes of how you wanted things done? So the thing is, when I first started, I was editing all audios, you know, for my clients, but I quickly realized it wasn't my jam, to be honest. And I thought, okay, well, I don't enjoy this part, but I enjoy the rest. So I need to make it work still, Mm -hmm. no matter what. So I started uh, with an editor and I really liked how he works. So we're still working. It was a smooth transition, I want to say, but it was, it had to happen. You know, for me, it had to happen. At the beginning, I was working. I mean, I was writing show notes, but then I thought, well, this is something that takes time for me, at least because I'm not a writer personally. So that's something that I thought, okay, well, if I get someone to write for me, then things are going to get a lot easier, you know, and that was a smooth transition as well, I want to say. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Do your clients know that it's a team or do they maybe they don't know? And do they just speak with you? I'm assuming? Yeah, they only speak with me. That's one of the things that I really enjoy, you know, about being a podcast manager and being in charge of all of the shows. Some of them know that I work with other people, but some of them, like they've been with me from the beginning. So I don't like I don't think that's going to make a difference. They're so happy with what we do. Mm -hmm. And they love the service. So they don't. Yeah, they don't need to know. Yeah, it's like it never, it just doesn't get brought up. Right, correct. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass, and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Now, we haven't talked about who is your ideal client? Who are you usually working with? So I work with coaches and course creators. Gotcha. Awesome. And for some unknown reason, I attract spiritual coaches too, because what I, the people that I work with are mostly in the marketing and, you know, business space. But for some reason, I attract spiritual coaches too, which I love. I really enjoy working with them too. Yeah. That is funny how certain people will be attracted to you and you're like, oh, you fit in. Come on ahead. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now you kind of alluded to the fact that like you, you would love to grow. So what's the next phase of your business look like in your mind? I would love to have a digital product. 
I would love to have something more passive if that is a thing, if that even exists, because I don't think there's passive income because you still have to work for it. But I would like to have something that allows me to have even more time while growing the business, while exploring other uh, possibilities within the same industry. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And I know it's like, I don't even like to use the word passive <laughs> income anymore, but we do know what that means. It's like something that when someone buys it, you don't have to necessarily do any work. They can, you make something and you sell it. And when they get it, it's there. So that's a, more of a passive income. Yes, absolutely. I would love to do that. And of course, I would love to keep working one-on-one with clients. That's something that I really enjoy. You know, I need, I need to have that contact, that human contact. And I think that's the future. That's what I see for the future of the business right now. Yeah, I love that. I know there's something so great about working one-on-one with people because you just really know the industry because you're just living it, right? Like you, you have such a great idea of what's going on and what your client is, what issues they're having and just like what's working because you're still in it. Um, so I love that. I love having that kind of human contact as well. So then it seems like it's been pretty smooth moving, which is great. I love, love, love to hear that. Have there been any sort of like mental roadblocks or just things that you felt like you you had a stopping point where you're like, okay, now what? Or I need to get over this limiting belief or something in order to to keep growing my business. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I've had so many limiting beliefs. You know, at first I, because I wanted to start because I thought I didn't have enough, enough experience. So I wanted to start at a low rate. And honestly, it took me forever to raise my prices because I thought no one was going to pay for them. I mean, I started getting tired of it. And I was like, okay, I got into this because I wanted to be abundant. And that included not only my life and my freedom, but money as well, right? Yeah. So I thought, okay, I need to I need to start thinking really good what I'm going to do with my pricing because I'm offering a lot of things. Like I kept on adding stuff to my packages and not charging more. And I thought, okay, this isn't working. So I that's something that I really needed to work on. And it took me a while, but I think I think I'm getting there. That's good. And sometimes we just have to prove that to ourselves. Like we can have this thought that no one's going to pay more for my services. Even if we know other people are charging more, we think like, but no one's going to to pay more for my services because we haven't done it yet, maybe, right? Like sometimes we just have to do it for the first time to know that we can. Was it hard that first time, like when when you raised your your prices on a current client? I'm sure you've had to do that then. Was it hard the first time that you got on a discovery call and you were going to have these higher prices and you you knew like, okay, this is the moment that I'm going to tell them that my prices are higher. What was that like for you? So I don't talk about pricing during my discovery calls mm-hmm. just because I want to give myself time to really think about what involves the type of client, you know, that I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many aspects to each and every client that you have to consider. And that's something that you learn, you know, as you go. So I never talk about pricing during my discovery calls. But the first time I I created a proposal with my new pricing, I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to hit send, you know, because I'm overthinking this again. And I don't need that right now. Yes, I did. And they said yes. And that was that was enough for me to know that I that my work, my the things that I'm doing for other people are worth what I'm charging. Yeah. 
yeah, that first yes can be so big because it just it's a big confidence boost, especially when it's like nothing. There's no questions. There's no (laughs) there's no nothing coming from the client. Right. They're just like, oh, yep, let's move it forward. And then each time, you know, each month you work with them, you realize like, okay, I am delivering the value that I that they're paying. Right. Like it just gets kind of confirmed over and over again. Yes, absolutely. And even more when they start recommending you to other people, that's like proof of you're you're doing something good. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Now, have you had a lot of referrals? Yes, I want to say 50% of my clients come from referrals and the other 50% come from, you know, social media and other platforms. Mm, You're right. That is big. Because I also think too, like, podcasters don't necessarily know other podcasters right? Like they might know other business owners, but they don't necessarily know other podcasters. And so when you get a lot of referrals, that speaks even higher because it's like they, if they know anyone that's starting a podcast, they're saying your name. Yes. <laughs> and that's a big deal. That's such a, you know, that's such a nice vote of confidence. Now we talk in the, in our Facebook group about like referral fees or, or things like that. Do you, your clients get like a discount when they refer some somebody or is it just, um you know, a thank you? No, they do get a a discount. They get a 10% discount once the referral sign a contract with me. Mm, Okay. So they get a 10% discount off of their monthly retainer with you when the other person signs. And how long is that for? It's just for one month. Okay. That's what I assumed. I mean, still, that's great. We've also talked about like doing gifts or... I don't necessarily think you need to even do anything like you can. It can literally just be a thank you. I I think that's is also normal in our industry. But obviously, there's an incentive when they get a discount or, you know, a gift or something like that. Yeah, I think to me, at least it's uh, important that they feel appreciated, you know, and I want to have like that human connection with them. And I don't want them to think that this is just like a transaction. So I want them to feel appreciated, too. Yeah. And that's one way where you get to run your business how you want to. And so whatever feels like the most authentic thing for you to do, you can do it. It's an amazing thing. Yes, it is. Now, one thing that I like to talk about and can be difficult for people, especially early on, is setting boundaries. So did you have to learn any hard lessons around setting boundaries with your clients? Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) How did I know? (laughs) Yeah. So I made a mistake with one of my clients and I gave her my phone number. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a big no. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, she would message me like at 10 at night and it just wasn't healthy. That needed to stop and I made it stop nicely, of course, but um I had to set boundaries. For myself as well, I needed to set boundaries because I was, you know, I was at the very beginning, I was working 12 hour days and that wasn't good. Yeah, I started to get horrible back pain, you know, headaches. So I needed, I realized that I needed to organize my time better. That was another boundary that I needed to set with myself. Now, I want to ask you about that. The nature of our work is that we will probably work different hours than our clients. And so getting messages at hours that you don't really want, like you're not working. And so you don't really want to see a work message when you're not working. That's, I think, the main reason why not giving your personal cell phone out is important. Mm -hmm. Because if you have it, 
if you have client communication going through email or you know Voxer, Slack, Facebook Messenger, wherever else, you can turn off notifications and you can have them off when you're not working and then you can turn them back on when you when they are. And so you can have more of control. But like text messaging, you can mute and things like that. But it's just it's like in your personal business <laughs> happening. Yes. Now I limit my communication channels to email and or Trello board. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah, I like that. And then I wanted to go back to what you were saying where you said like at one point you were working 12 hour days, you had back aches and all that stuff. What are you doing now to make sure that you're taking care of yourself while running your business? I think entrepreneurs, it's like there's more education around like well-being and taking care of ourselves. But what are what do you do maybe weekly or daily or whatever to kind of have more balance? So I try and work out at least three times a week. That's a, that's like huge for me because I need to move my body. <laughs> it is healthy to move your body. So I do that. That's one of the first things that I do in the morning. I drink some tea. I read, you know, a book or something. Those are like the main things that I do. I try to stay away from my phone just because, you know, I used to look at my phone right after waking up and that wasn't good either. And then I start working around, I want to say nine-ish. And then I uh, go and break for lunch and then I come back and work a little bit more and that's it. That sounds like a great schedule. It does. <laughs> we talked about time freedom and stuff and you said that you live with your husband, which makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> what does your husband do? Does he have that flexibility? Oh yeah, absolutely. He is working online too. He's doing other things and he also has a physical business. Gotcha, gotcha. So the, yeah, that's great then. You can both have that flexibility. What do you want to do with that extra time? I don't know if you're doing it now because of, you know, travel restrictions maybe, but are you wanting to travel? Is that kind of what you or just, is it just like general freedom to do what you want? I think I want both really. Uh, before the pandemic, I wanted to travel more and just go different places and stay, you know, in different places for a couple of months, you know, here and there. But I think... I don't know, the pandemic really changed a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I still want to have new experiences and I still want to travel, but I think I want to stay in one place for longer periods of time. Mm. And again, I like I enjoy going to the beach, you know, right after work. I enjoy going to look at the sunset. I know that probably sounds silly for a lot of people, but to me, that's special. And that is what this lifestyle that is what this work allows me to do. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I think sometimes we think so grandiose, which is great. I mean, why not, right? But it's like, it's not necessarily about going to places far, far away. It's it's about maybe doing what feeds your soul in the moment, like going to look at a sunset, especially if you've had maybe a hard day or or what, or you haven't had a hard day and you want to go look at the sunset because it's been a great day. Right. Whatever it is, it's just like living the life that is kind of right in front of you and not feeling like consumed with work and, and all the other things that consume us when we don't have as much control over our time. Yes. And that's one of the main reasons I left my corporate job because I didn't have the flexibility. I needed to ask permission. You know, I needed to submit my vacation time. I was in a cubicle the whole day and Chicago has horrible winters, very long, horrible and cold, freezing cold winters. And I'm like, no, I, I don't want this for me. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. I have lived in Chicago. I've lived in Chicago in the winters and the commutes. Oh, God. oh goodness. It is a whole situation. So yeah. I mean, Indy is not much better with the winters. It's it's very cold as well. And I would love to live somewhere that's warm all the time, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Samantha, this has been so great. Is there any piece of advice that you could share with someone listening? Yes, absolutely. So if you are just getting started or if you're looking into starting in this industry, well, number one, it is great. (laughs) I highly recommend it. Number two, don't be afraid and just go for it. I know that it's easy to be afraid of the unknown and we're all going to make mistakes. I keep making mistakes, but if you see them as learning lessons, they're going to help you grow and you're going to advance in this career. You're going to advance in this industry. And I guarantee you, you're not going to regret it. Yes. Love it. And it's so true. We continue to learn and make mistakes and learn more. And I think the great thing about having your own business and working with business owners is that there's a lot more grace around making mistakes because we've all been there. We've all been new. And and it's like, not even when you're new, it's always, but when we're, we're all creating these businesses that we want to lead. And so the podcasters are also creating businesses that they want to lead. And so I think there's just a, like a lot more compassion in the field when it comes to learning and making mistakes. Samantha, how can the listeners connect with you after the show? Yeah, so you can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm. You can find me at SE Podcast Management. And you can also visit my website, podcastmanagementse.com. And you can ask me anything. If you're looking into joining Lauren's program, or if you just have a general question about podcasting, don't hesitate and reach out. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lauren. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.